It is said that before entering the sea, a river trembles with fear. She looks back at the path she has traveled from the peaks of the mountains, the long winding road crossing forest and villages, <clears throat> and in front of her, she sees an ocean so vast that to enter there seems nothing more than to disappear forever. But there is no other way. The river cannot go back. Nobody can go back. To go back is impossible in existence. The river needs to take the risk. The river needs to take the risk of entering the ocean because only then will fear disappear because that's where the river will know it's not about dis disappearing into the ocean, but of becoming the ocean. Poet Khalil Gibran, you're part of something way bigger. We are part of something way bigger than what we know. Years ago, and I mean when I was in college, so years ago, back in the late 70s, maybe before some of you were born, I attended a student religious conference where a woman in leadership got up and talked about how she had planned and prepared for a luncheon she hosted. She talked about the color of the fabric and the of the tablecloth, the linen napkins and how she had put it just so, each place setting, the flowers and the food she prepared and served. She then began to talk about being in the process of building a new house and clearing the lot, cutting down vines and brush and whole trees, chopping wood that she would then use in the fireplace in the winters to come, using a weed whacker and a saw. And then she talked about gender roles and the limitations put on people by the constructs that we've created around gender. Recently, we had, according to our yearly contract with this company, an inspection for termites and powder post beetles. Some of you may remember the great powder post beetle discovery of 2017 when this door was put in, right? Yeah, and recently, um, so, so we pay for yearly inspections. Um, and recently we had an inspection. The guy insisted that a new termite infestation was taking place downstairs in the RE space. He wanted to tear down the wall and treat it. And then we would re be responsible for repairing and rebuilding and replacing that wall. Well, I knew that this was not in fact a new infestation because I remember well the great termite swarm of 2019 and the week following and the whole church cleanup that was required. It was treated. Alan, Alan knows, he backed me up on that. But the termite guy said, oh no, we need to at least cut a little hole in the wall just to be sure. Now, long story short is that when our current buildings and grounds chair heard about it and looked at it, he thought it would be a good idea to cut the small hole and make sure. 
And he was confident in his ability to repair it, as, as am I, and confident in his ability to repair it. And that's what happened, and all is well. But the conversation Gabby and I had after was about gender. If termite inspector guy had been meeting with a man, would it have gone down the same way, we wondered. Was it age? Was it gender? Was it both? Would Gabby or I have handled it differently if we were men and had been socialized differently than we have? If I had been a male minister, would termite inspector guy have taken my word that I knew what I was talking about? These are all questions that we pondered. I can tell you that I have previous experience with both, both powder post beetles and termites. And I can tell you that I am the one that brought the tools to my marriage. The ladders along with the linens, a wrench, a lot, well, a whole, a whole set of wrenches, right? Along with a walk. David actually had a better walk than I did, but <laughs> I still had one. A hammer as well as a hairdryer, a drill as well as a dicer. For many years, I changed the oil on my own car, and sometime in the last five years, I changed out my own computer hard drive. I do not want to be limited by the things that I can do by my gender, by some random construct of what someone born with certain body parts can do, and I don't know anyone who does. And this is what Sarah Ann Hobbs of the luncheon party with the linen napkins and the lot clearing wood chip chopping was saying 40 years ago. The danger of defining what certain bodies can do is that we're socialized according to those bodies. Boys don't cry. Girls don't like snakes. Boys are into sports. No one really needs that anymore, if we ever did. And then before you know it, because of that socialization, lawmakers are mandating what those bodies can and can't do, um, and in other ways mandating what they must do. Women can't choose their own medical care all of a sudden, and we can't marry who we love, for example. No one needs that either. The last sermon I preached in this pulpit was in June. The title of that last sermon was Be More Gay. It was Pride Sunday with the shimmer of blessings and just before the first Loudoun Pride Festival that was happening later that month. Pride, as in LGBTQQIP2SAA, an acronym for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, pansexual, two-spirit, 2S, androgynous, and asexual. Years ago, this congregation participated in the UUA's Welcoming Congregation Program, specifically in order for UU congregations to say they are a welcoming congregation, completing that program is a requirement. It is a program about being welcoming specifically to the LGBTQQIP2SAA community, of which many of us are a part. 
for it to work in, a, in the congregation's favor, meaning to really be welcoming of LGBTQ folks, to create a place where LGBT community feels they belong, where there is not just tolerance, but celebration and inclusion, a good percentage of the congregation needs to participate in the program. It begins, oops. Every few years, sooner than we have done it probably, we need a refresher because things change. What may once have been standard practice becomes rather obsolete. Terms that were used 20 years ago may be different now, or maybe their meaning has changed. Beginning this Wednesday on Zoom from 7 to 9 p.m., we're offering transgender inclusion in congregations. Of the 14 people registered, I'm pretty sure that 12 of them identify as women. What would it be like for this congregation to join in a massive group commitment to have a quarter or half of the members and friends participate in this six-week class? It begins Wednesday, mid-September, and poof, before you know it, it's the end of October and the class is over. As a result, though, we will have expanded and transformed our reality and transformed our hearts. Who wouldn't want to do that? We'll have gained a deeper understanding of ourselves and our own gender identities, its expectations and limitations. If we are cisgender, cisgender meaning that we agree with the gender we were assigned at birth. And if you are a transgender or non-binary person in this class, I hope that you will feel held and loved and seen and heard, accepted and included. We will know at the end of this class that we are part of the ocean. In 1919, more than 100 years ago, a world-renowned expert in the emerging field of sexology named Magnus Hirschfeld established the Institute of Sexology. This institute achieved a global reputation for its pioneering work on transsexual understanding and called for equality for homosexuals, transgender people, and women. This institute provided gender affirmation surgery to transgender people more than 100 years ago. Hirschfeld's work had become many, begun many years earlier than 1919, so really more than 120 years ago. So why does transgender, transgender as an identity seem so new? Because the Institute was in Germany. Because in 1933, Nazi students raided and occupied the Institute by force. They removed the books all the medical research, and burned them in a mass book burning a few days later on May 10th, 1933. All of the research, all of the written procedures, all of the records lost. And they were never replaced because Hirschfeld died two years later in exile in France. It's happening again, not just here in Loudoun County, but in many places. 
and it's happening not just in many places, but here in Loudoun County. LGBTQ folks are being targeted. Rights are being restricted. Bias laws are being written solely based on identity. As Unitarian Universalist, many of us believe that no one should be marginalized or oppressed or experience violence due to their identities. The Side with Love campaign was based on that. Last Sunday, we sang about the two sounds in the universe, woe and yea, and we told the story of two rivers, both who thought they were the best river, only to realize that they both moved into and became one. They became the ocean. If we can wrap our minds around that, that we are one, that we are all the ocean, if we can truly believe that, if there are those that are transgender and or non-binary, then to recognize and understand that in ourselves draws the circle wider. It makes us more inclusive and it does more than make us just welcoming. It makes us radically inclusive and it makes us whole. It means that we move from a pleasant hello and welcome to UUCL to in our hearts wondering how we can help people find a home here how we can help people know that they belong, how we can help ourselves know that we belong. It goes well beyond, uh, well, of course, we're open-minded in our personal lives. It helps us to know how to live this faith out loud so that when we see on the news, the shenanigans that are happening at the school board or in our legislature, we have a deeper understanding of what that is about and the support that's needed for those in those with those identities and how to be radically inclusive and how to be in the ocean and be the ocean and how to talk about it with our friends, family, church members, and neighbors. That we of we are one is here where we are. The we are one is us, our children, ourselves. If we are the ocean, then we are one. But if we're used to being a river, it can be quite a shock to realize you're part of the ocean. And we may need a class on how to be an ocean. It is said that before entering the sea, a river trembles with fear. She looks back at the path she has traveled from the peaks of the mountains, the long winding road crossing forests and villages. And in front of her, she sees an ocean so vast that to enter there seems nothing more than to disappear forever. But there is no other way. The river cannot go back. Nobody can go back. To go back is impossible in existence. The river needs to take the risk of entering the ocean because only then will fear disappear. 
because that's where the river will know. It's not about disappearing into the ocean, but of becoming the ocean. Blessed be and amen.